Hello, all you listeners out there. Shano Makazowski, host of the 33 and a third percent podcast. Just want to take this time out to thank some of our sponsors Steiner's House of Recliners and Other Living Room Furniture, Prince IKEA Furniture, Dust Booty, starring The New Day, Terry Funko Pops, Captain Hulu Albano, all Cindy Lauper Super Mario Brothers streaming service, Billy and Chucky e. Cheeses, Cash for Goldust, Uncle Dave's Meltzarella Sticks, Sea Monkeys in the Truck, Production Truck, TV Contract Not Included, Job Burger King, Mox Levi Jeans, the only jeans designed to survive a deathmatch, Coco Beware Puffs, The Bush Waxers, Brazilian Waxing Franchise, and Jake Roberts 24 and Me, because if you got 23, I got 24. All these sponsors are with us here on the 33 and a third percent podcast every week. If you want to be a sponsor on the show, just email us at 33 and a third pod at gmail.com. Welcome everybody to the first episode of Corey Black's SOB story, sob story, because Corey Black is one smug son of a bitch. Corey, how you doing tonight? Oh, not too bad, not too bad. Just feels kind of weird because I uh, I had to skip out on the last two, so I haven't uh, I haven't done this in like two weeks. Feels very weird right now. All right, well, I'm about to set you on the right path. Uh, Corey and I talked earlier about what topic to pick for for the first episode of Sob Stories. Unfortunately, uh, Lucky Strike Tobin and Big Evil Tony Sirachi are not able to be here. This is just simply myself and Corey, nice intimate setting, one on one, and talking mainly about Corey's opinions on. Uh, tonight's topic. So tonight's topic was talked about for a little bit, and uh, we decided to pick, or Corey actually decided to pick, uh, moments that made you want to literally quit wrestling. And there's only one moment for me that I have, but uh, Corey, uh, you said that you have not only, uh, not just one story, but you have a, you have a few. I, I have three separate stories about certain times that I wanted to quit watching wrestling. Three different ones. Three different ones. So there's uh, there has to be more times for me too, but the, the I only can think of one. But the first one, um, you said you had one from like three separate times. So one from WWE or two from WWE, and then one from WCW. Correct. Correct. Yes. All right. So one, the WCW one, we're gonna save for last. That's gonna be our closer because you know, listeners out there, I have no idea what it is, and, and Corey, and I have been friends for years, and I do not know what that is, and I'm actually really excited, and the suspense is killing me, but I'm gonna save that for the last one. So we will start with your first WWE moment that made you want to literally quit wrestling. So the first WWE moment, and and this isn't so much one particular moment, but this is both of these, a lot of these, the first two at least are cases of repetition. And the first moment where I literally probably almost turned off raw and never picked it up, turned it on again would be the 2003 Triple H Reign of Terror, where he was heavyweight champion all the time. He opened up every episode of Raw with like a 20-minute promo, and then he basically squashed a bunch of people in the main event. It got very repetitive. It got very boring, and it was terrible because it seemed like no guy was going to break through and be the new guy at the top. It seemed like it was just going to be Triple H forever. Right, so I guess I guess what's funny about that was one of them that I, that I was going to pick that was like a an honorable mention for me uh, with the one big one that I have was at, when Evolution first came out. I hated them. I was just like, man, like every week these guys just kick the crap out of everybody, and no one's getting 
any any love. No one's getting a big push. And Triple H is just reigning supreme. And I was like, this this sucks. And it's the first time that I I had some hatred for Triple H. And I I own Triple H shirts. I love Triple H. And I know he's he's obviously the son-in-law. But um, you know, I'm on the opposite end of a lot of people where you know they think that he slept his way to the top. But at the same time, I think he's a really good mind and he's really running NXT really well. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it was, it was during that time too, where he was in evolution and then, uh, they kicked Randy Orton out and I was like, wait a second. I was like, you kicked Randy Orton out. I was like, what the heck? And then I was just like, I like Randy Orton now. And you know, me and Randy Orton, sometimes I'm, I'm hot or cold on Randy Orton. So it's, it's been a little rough, but yeah, I can definitely relate to the, the reign of terror. Do you, um, I can't remember like who he even beat in that, in that era. I know one of them was Booker T, correct? Oh, the the I I can't remember if that I believe that's in 2003. If it's not, it's the beginning of the next year. But holy crap, was that one of the biggest like that? Like there were there were two moments during this entire reign that were made to to put new guys in the spotlight and put some new guys in the top. The first guy, not so much Booker T, definitely, and especially the whole ending of that match where he pedigrees Booker T, and then it takes him like 20 minutes to crawl over and pin him. And then Booker T didn't even get to kick out. It's plus plus just the the whole build up to that match where they played they played so much on the on the you know the race and you know calling Booker T a thug and mentioning how he'd been in prison and stuff like that. Like you can't you can't just you can't just build up to to a to a WrestleMania thing like that and then and then not have the good guy win. You can't do it that way. Well, we know about WWE creative in the past, and I know O three wasn't the wasn't the worst time for WWE creatively, but uh, it's not like it is now. But um, thank goodness that uh, the iPad was left at the house because I can't shut off my phone and look at something online uh, while we're talking or else I'll close it out. So I just found the iPad. I like ran over. I was like, cool, you keep talking. Uh, <laughs> so I got it on me right now because I want to know like the opponents that he beat. Um, and there's like a ton of things on online. So it's from the Sportster. I'll give credit where credit's due for the writing of this article. And it's about the reign of terror explained. So Triple H ran roughshod over the main event division of Monday Night Raw. I remember I remember there was a Monday Night Raw where he beat RVD and it was it was a really good match, but at the, you know, at the end it was just like the same thing. It's like Triple H comes out on top, he's the heavyweight champ. Um and then the, the title the, the, the title was given to him, correct? Uh, yeah, because yeah, Bischoff just came out and was like, "Hey, you're heavyweight champ because Brock Lesnar's <laughs> on SmackDown now." Yeah, because <laughs> that's what they're trying to they're trying to explain like the top ten like the top ten moments. But this iPad's a piece of garbage, so I don't like anything Apple. Okay, here we go. Controversial reaction to World Championship gift. Uh, so, the, yeah, the start of the reign of terror saw Triple H being gifted a world championship belt from Raw, Raw General Manager Eric Bischoff. Brock Lesnar moved to SmackDown with Stephanie McMahon's contract after leaving Raw without a champion in the first brand split era. And then Evolution thrived because of it. And that's why I just said that. Personally, I take it all back today. As a 33-year-old man who still loves and obsesses, obsessed with wrestling, I love all four of these guys now. Um, like I said, I'm still kind of hot or cold on Randy, but I can't not like him just because he's one of the, the very few that are still in the business that have been in there for a while and one of the originals from back in like the early 2000s. Um, and he's still kicking ass today. 
promos, wrestling, and everything. And he's with Tony's uh, favorite wrestler, Matt Riddle. Um, and yeah, to- I I know Tony. Tony wonders why we don't talk about Matt Riddle more. He, he's 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 secretly just wants to talk about Matt Riddle all the time. Absolutely. He wants to be an all Riddle podcast. Yeah, all Riddle podcast. Um, it's going to be called the uh, it's going to be called the Bro Podcast, and uh, it's going to be hosted by Tony. It's going to be um, called Riddle Me This. <laughs> Riddle Me This. <laughs> yep. And we're all going to sound like we're really high when we're talking. And uh, <laughs> so everybody on Twitter, uh, our Twitter is at 33 and a third pod. Um, please hit up uh, Tony Big Evil and say uh, why you love Matt Riddle. And if you can send Tony a scooter, that'd be even better. <laughs> that would be fantastic. I don't know if Tony would throw it away. If Tony throws away a perfectly good scooter, I will take it. I we would. I we will. We will demand that he takes video evidence of him on the scooter for at least Absolutely. ten minutes. Right. So, um, but just looking at these things, like always in WrestleMania title matches, that was the one at nineteen with Booker T, and then ruined Randy Orton's first title reign, and then the iPad stops working. So that's what I got. I just I I remember that. I remember some of it, but I know the big one was uh, was Booker T and. Well, two, two, two of the two of the other big ones that always stuck out to me too and i i could be remembering this wrong these could be not in the reign of terror necessarily but uh one big one that sticks out to me is even when he does drop the title like to goldberg he has the perfect opportunity at SummerSlam to do it in the elimination chamber i mean technically if you know if he's you know concerned about losing to goldberg he doesn't even have to be beaten by Goldberg there's you know other guys in the chamber he could have asked to you know to lose to one of them although it's better if the winner eventually pins the champ but I mean you could use that to to set up a rematch or whatever you want to do but uh you know he has the opportunity to lose to Goldberg I mean they're built they're building up Goldberg to look like the guy's going to take it off him and then you know they Ric Flair slides a sledgehammer into the chamber and then he smacks Goldberg and then ends up losing losing it to him at a, at a you know a lesser pay-per-view the next month. So it's like if this was still going to be the end game, why couldn't it have just been at SummerSlam? And then trivia for you, Corey, who ultimately ended the reign of terror? Cuz you said it was Goldberg, but I think it's somebody different. Why well, yeah, I just I I, I know um well cuz Goldberg he ended up the Goldberg thing, I wouldn't call it the end of the reign of terror cuz he ended up losing it. Uh, the next month in that triple threat, I believe it was Armageddon where Triple H beat uh, him and Kane and won the title back. So I wouldn't call it the end of the Reign of Terror. But if I had to guess, would it be Batista? Absolutely. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, there we Corey go. Black, Corey Black knows his stuff. That's why I want to have a special show too of, uh, of Trivia Night. I have this old school like Attitude Trivia box that I actually, I don't know if you remember, I had you and Tony, the one night over in my place when I used to live in State College, you guys answer questions and you actually beat tony and um it was it's fantastic don't say that he'll get mad i know i know so uh but so we'll go from so the 2003 triple h ran interesting interesting i like it so uh and then what is the the second wwf slash e moment i feel like i know what it is well you you know you know what this is because you, you were there you were there for this evening so this moment would be a certain man who I'm not even going to say his stupid name. It's it's an alliterative name. R R R would be his initials. Uh, happened to beat a certain phenom and the greatest of all time in a future 
first ballot Hall of Famer, The Undertaker, at WrestleMania. Uh, I don't. I don't think I've. I mean, even even as even as a kid watching it, I don't think I got more angry than that night that you saw me uh, when he ended up pinning The Undertaker at WrestleMania. No, and uh, so as a witness for all the listeners out there, um, we were sitting around watching WrestleMania. Uh, it was another friend of ours, Matt was there as well. And it was Roman Reigns and Undertaker for the title. And I was just like, oh man. And I know that Corey, Corey has a strong, a strong dislike for Roman Reigns. And that's well, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't for the title. Oh, it wasn't for the title. I'm sorry. I'm no. sorry. Yeah, it was not for the title. Um, but uh, I'm just always used to Roman Reigns having a title. He's the best. Um, but <laughs> he uh so yeah he fought he fought undertaker in the main event if you guys haven't seen it yet i'm gonna be conrad thompson here go out of your way and watch it because it's not that good even when roman reigns wins because when you watch the undertaker documentary undertaker just like shits on himself he's like i look like trash here and he did but it's still the undertaker and i'm not gonna shit on the undertaker but he you know he didn't like it himself that's his words he's like i don't look good here that's why he came back after the Roman Reigns match because that was supposed to be his final match. Um, but uh, he came back for a few more. So, but yeah, so we're, we're sitting there in my living room. I, li- I used to live in State College, uh, Pennsylvania, and we were sitting there watching the match. And then all of a sudden, Roman Reigns, you know, they fight. Roman Reigns gets on top. One, two, three. Right when the three hits, the referee hits the three. Corey gets up and he goes, I'll see you guys later. And he gets his shoes on and he just walks out the door. And I look at Matt and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and Matt's like, I guess he's upset. And so like Corey texts me after that, like when he gets home, like half an hour later, he's like, sorry, man, I just had, he was just, he was truly and deeply upset. This is why me personally, I love wrestling because I love how much it gets invested into it by certain people. And me included. Like, I, there, if anybody out there ha- said they've never gotten physically um, Yes, yeah, physically mad over a match. You are lying to yourself and you're not a real wrestling fan. I'm the, cra- the, the crazy the craziest part about the whole thing is I did not even get that mad when he lost to Lesnar when the streak was actually broken. I was a little bit upset, I'm not gonna lie. Uh Lesnar wouldn't have been my choice to break the streak because he had been away for a while. But uh yeah, I did not get that upset. And the next night on Raw was the first post WrestleMania Raw I had missed in you know, God knows how long, probably one I had to miss because, you know, it was on a school night or whatever, and I had to go to school the next morning. But, uh, yeah, I didn't even watch the post-WrestleMania post, uh, the post WrestleMania Raw the next night. Right. And, um, yeah, so that's – it's just – it's huge because I was, I was texting. I forget what happened on that next night. I have to go back and watch. But it was something it was something big, and I, I texted Corey. And <laughs> Corey's like, I'm not even watching it. I was like, really? He's like, no. I'm like, all right. Fair enough. So, I, I just – yeah, if I, I if I, I remember if I remember correctly, I said it's a, well, that was a, I believe that was a time where there was a brand split. So Roman was specifically on Raw, and I believe I said at the time that I am never watching Raw again. <laughs> never, I'm never doing this ever again. I'm like, all right, all right. So just and one then, of those things. And then the next week, and then the next week, I was like, holy crap! Did you go see what happened tonight? Yeah, right. I mean, because we always go back to it. It's like it's like it's like it's like a. Sports team, you know, Corey, Corey's a Cowboys fan. I'm a Steeler fan. And, you know, always, we always bust each other's chops about it because those are rivals. But when your team looks like crap 
you're like, you know what? I can't watch this team every week. Or I guess even a better example, Corey and I are both Pirates fans. So it's just like, it, you don't want to watch this team anymore. They've been terrible for so long. And they have the number one pick in the draft coming up. And you're like, oh, man. So I read an article today. And this is what I actually did today. I read an article about who's coming up. And, and uh, I'm like, who, what does it matter? Even if they do well, they're going to get traded. So I, I can bring that into wrestling. It's just, you know, whenever I get excited about something, now the way WWE creative is now, or, you know, dare I say, AEW is, that sometimes I'm like, you know what? This guy's not going to get a push or this guy's not, it's not going to work. So who cares? I'm going to try to be in the moment and entertained by it as much as possible because if Vince doesn't like it, it's going to get thrown out of it. So it doesn't, don't, doesn't don't you mean according to JR WWE dynamite? Oh man, that, that poor guy. He's like, there's no, he's like, there's, he's like, there's no excuse. It's all me. And like, and just like Tobin said on the text yesterday, he's like, JR's really in like, he's like, he can say whatever he wants and nothing's going to happen. Tony Khan's not going to be like, JR, I need you to leave. Like, screw that, man. You have, a, you have a Hall of Fame announcer, the voice of our childhood, and you're not going to kick him out. So Tony probably went to the back, and Tony Khan's like, Jim, it's okay. That's all right. All right. All right. All right. Great. All right. And he, like, left. And he took his sunglasses off real slow like he does in the picture. It's like, yeah. Next Wednesday, you, JR, <laughs> going go one-on-one with Excalibur. And then if you lose, you're going to kiss my ass. And t- Tony Khan's going to whip out his ass and JR's going to kiss that ass too. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, we won't get into, you know, my AEW love and, and I guess uh, everybody else's AEW hate for it and total disdain for it. But and that, does- and that's, the, that's the third time I almost quit watching <laughs> wrestling is when AEW was formed. I figured, I figured that's what you meant when you brought it up last night. And I was like, oh, I'm like no AEW talk aloud. And you're like, no, it's like two WWE and one WCW. I was like, oh, I'm very surprised. I thought you were going to say the, the um, mimosa bath match. Or, <laughs> I just didn't like it. Dude. But I was I was watching a little bit today, and um, yeah, I uh, I don't I don't hate it, but it wasn't the best. Right, it wasn't the best. I'm not I'm not joining the dark side here, but uh, you know, I'm not I'm not as much of a mark as what some people like to think. Hint, hint. Tobin's friend. Tobin's friend. I'm not going to say his name. I don't know if he wants it on the air, but uh, I guess I, I have a a, a a nickname out there. I don't know if you knew about it, Corey. On, uh, on Twitter, uh, Lucky Strikes friend uh, from work calls me Shano Mark. I'm glad. Number one, I'm glad we just have a listener. I can, I can give a shit less if he shits on me. Um, but uh, yeah, all right. You want to call me a Mark? That's cool. Um, but I can say other things, but, uh, I'll just, I'll take the high road on this one unless it gets a little more personal. I don't like that. All right. It's not personal enough for me. I'm not going to waste my time. Take, take so, the high, take the high road up there with RVD. Yep. I'm taking that high road, baby. 420. Woo-hoo. Did someone say high road? I always like that meme with RVD. It's like, when you know, you're supposed to be an impact, but you show up at Ron's head. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he was at like the 20th anniversary or something like that. He's like, yeah. When you accidentally call it WWE Dynamite. Yeah. Oh, JR, he's still the best. You talk about about Hall of Fame caliber. There he is. Um, Okay. So, so next, I want to talk about my moment. And then we're going to, we're going to save this WCW one for last. I can only imagine what it is. I can't, I can't imagine. Um, But yeah. So, so for me, I only have one, guys. And I apologize for not getting more. 
I can't really think of anything that doesn't overshadow this big moment in, in history. Um, it was, some say it was the biggest night in pro wrestling. Um, it was eight days after the purchase of WCW from, uh, by Vince McMahon. Um, they had uh, a pay-per-view at the, the Houston Astrodome at WrestleMania X7, uh, by far one of the largest at, at the time of attendance, and it was smack dab in the Attitude Era. This pretty much put the Attitude Era at its peak at this point, and it's been uh, you know, raging and raging higher and higher and higher, and then it got to its peak at, at the Astrodome. Between the two biggest stars in the business, I think even still today, arguably, is uh, The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin in the main event. So if you've been living under a rock, the way that match ended was Vince came down, and you're thinking that uh, – I guess another more backstory. Tobin and I watched this together. This was our I – I say it's our very first pay-per-view that, that I've ever watched. I didn't buy pay-per-views when I was younger than that, and WrestleMania X7 was in 01, so I was – what was it? 15? 14. I, I used to imagine a blanket fort being involved while you were watching the paper. <laughs> no blanket forts. We're a little older than that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I was, yeah. So I was 14 and Toby was 15. And so, uh, yeah. So we were, we were watching it and I just remember missing about maybe 45 minutes of it because we got that, the black box from Comcast where you had to order. Oh paper. yes. The black and box. Oh doom. Yep. And you like hook it up and I'm like, my first time doing this and my dad's trying to help. He's like, I don't know how to do this. And we're trying to, we missed like 45 minutes of it. Cause we hooked it up, called it in. And then the uh, Comcast wasn't working. So we called it and like, yeah, everybody's having trouble. Give us some time. And all of a sudden the picture came on. And I was like, Oh yeah. So it was, I forget how much it was. I want to say it had to be like 70 bucks. And uh, it was, um, I think it was my, like my mom, my mom and my dad like split it and they're like, you know, have fun. And I was like, Oh man, this is fantastic. So you should have called, you should have called big Papa pump. He's your hookup. He is, he is my hookup. He, he was my hookup, but that's when I was a little older when I wanted, when I wanted the good stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> steroids um, or freaks. The, uh, but yeah, so I, um, we were watching the pay-per-view and uh, the very last match all down. Like this is it. Two biggest guys in the business. I loved both of them, of course. And I was like, all right, match is happening. It's historic. All of a sudden, Vince McMahon comes down. I'm like, oh, here we go, Mr. McMahon. I said, Austin's going to stun his ass. It's going to be so good. He's going to say, you're going to flip him off. Like, get the fuck out of here. He's going to stun him, and he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna retain the title. Right? That's what he's going to do. But you know what? What happens? Stone Cold Steve Austin shook hands with the goddamn devil that night. And Tobin and I looked at each other. Like we just saw a ghost or someone getting murdered in front of us. And we were just, wow. And then all of a sudden you just see the rock in his ass beat with the chair. And then all of a sudden Vince McMahon and Shawn Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold, shake hands, shake hands. And um, JR just says it. He's like, Stone Cold just shook hands with the damn devil. And we just, and it shut off. And I was just like, we went to school the next day. And we were like, we lost a loved one. It was like, we were distraught. We were like, why did that have to happen? And I literally did. I didn't want to watch Raw that night. I just did not. I was like, what are they going to do for me? I was like, shut uh, So Cold's not part of you know, Mr. McMahon's posse. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, what's going to happen to The Rock and all this stuff? Because we like, we lived it. So that was, I guess, a little backstory on uh, just how we, how I felt 
and uh, Lucky Strike. We'll put in his two cents in a couple in another episode. But uh, that's at a all date to be determined. And yeah, obviously, always a date to be determined with us. We all work weird, weird schedules, but we want to get content out. So um, I did tell Corey before this. I feel like a I feel like a very very poor man's Conrad Thompson, where I have Tony's take, Lucky Strike moments, and then I have sob stories. I have like three different shows. Um, but I have fun with all of them, but getting back to X seven, that's, that's my only moment right now that I can say that I literally wanted to just quit wrestling and not watch it for a while. So now, now, now it's on to the, now it's on to the main event though. Okay. Well, b- b- before, before, before we get there is a man, is a man who just earlier admitted to almost quitting watching wrestling because the undertaker lost a match. What a cry baby. <laughs> to me. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> This is, we're not talking about just Undertaker. Is, 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 is this a rib? Is this a rib? It's not, it's not a rib, okay? You're talking about, you know, I love Roman Reigns. He's the best heel in the business today. Okay. Oh, but, but if you're talking about comparing Roman Reigns to The Rock and Stone Cold, and I can't have any feelings if one of them shakes hands with the damn devil, you can leave, sir. You can leave. Obviously, I'm just kidding. I just wanted to see your reaction. I know. Yeah, I was like, get away from me with that. But uh, but yeah, it was just it was just a lot, and then it ended up not working overall. Like as oh, Stone Cold, no, Stone Cold no, it did not work whatsoever. Yeah, Stone Cold hated it. He didn't like it at all. He didn't he didn't want to be. He originally was asked to be a heel, and I know everybody knows the story. Who knows wrestling? Vince goes, "You're going to be a heel, and they're going to hate you." And Stone Cold's like, all right, well, I'm going to go out there and, and do my thing. And then obviously that didn't happen. And people like to defy authority back in the mid 2000s and late 2000s and, or not mid 2000s, I'm sorry, uh, like the uh, 96, 97, he's got started. And then from 97 to like 2001, everybody's flipping everybody off. He's stunning the boss. And Stone Cold's that heel, he's not a heel. People like the heels now. And that's the way it was. It got flipped. And uh, Stone Cold didn't like this idea. But Vince, you know, Vince is Vince. Let's go for it. And then it just kind of watered down things for Stone Cold's character from there. Then he did things with uh, Kurt Angle with the small cowboy hats, and he was singing Kumbaya with the guitar. And I was like, eh. He's like, so funny. Yeah. He was and then later he ended up talking to his watch. <laughs> right. And then mm-hmm. what came out of it? And at, at first, you know, I don't want to quit wrestling because of it, but I fucking hated what. I was just like, what? What? I was like, oh my God, stop. And I didn't, I hated it so much that I got a shirt for my wife for Christmas and I wear it to this day. So whatever. <laughs> if, if, if there, if there was one positive about no live crowds for the past year, it's no what chance whatsoever. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's still going, it still lives in present, present time for, with anybody. It's like, what? What? <laughs> Just let him talk. Let the person talk, damn it. Vince, Vince is back there. He's like, how do we get these white chants to stop? They're like, well, if we stopped having live crowds, how do we stop having live crowds? I don't know, some sort of pandemic or something. That's it. That's it, damn it. And there it is. That's, a, that's how the Delta variant's coming out. Vince McMahon threw it out there. Gerald, eat this bat. <laughs> <laughs> All okay, right. Okay there, Mr. McMahon. I'll All eat that bat. <laughs> R.I.P. Pat Pass. Oh, Jesus. Oh, why? The bats. He only had to eat a little bit of it. He didn't have to eat the whole thing. Oh, Jesus. I ate all the bats. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, Jesus. I can't eat my spaghetti after seeing that. That's <laughs> disgusting. 
<laughs> oh, Pat Patterson. Rest in peace, sir. All right. So we're going to get – now we're in the main event of the evening. The main event. All right. The Undertaker part of the show. But it's anything it's anything farther or close to the Undertaker. We're talking about WCW. Right. We're talking about Corey's moment where he literally wanted to quit WCW watching. All right. And I'm, I've been waiting for this for 27 minutes and 19 seconds and counting. So, Corey, you have the floor, sir. Okay. So, again, all this, all this comes down just to, to get to know me better as a wrestling fan in general. I can, I can watch crap. I can watch, I can watch bad gimmicks. I can watch bad storylines. If anything, I have more fun watching terrible storylines or terrible gimmick matches play out just because you know what hey at least they're trying something different you know it may be stupid it may end up being completely off the wall goofy like a an eye for an eye match or something like that but at least it's something different the one thing i cannot abide by in pro wrestling is repetition seeing the same thing week in week out knowing that everything no matter if it looks like it's going in a different direction every week, it's going to end up in the same thing. And the thing that almost got me to quit watching WCW was probably at the height of the popularity when the NWO existed every single week, watching the NWO beat down the WCW guys week in, week out on Monday nitro and listening to Tony Schiavone. We gotta go. Time, everybody. Uh, that I think was possibly the period where I almost stopped watching WCW. What's the NWO? Huh? Wow. Not 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 the original NWO, but I'm talking like eventually when they almost you know when they had like the B team, but like every week it was like it was like you know someone would, like you know Rey Mysterio Jr. looks like he might be a contender for the heavyweight title, and you know the main events, you know the four horsemen versus the NWO, and it just basically ends up in a giant schmoz. And right. uh, ev- everyone comes down and just, you know, you know, flares bleeding, of course. And, you know, Arn Anderson's being beaten up with a chair and, you know, and plus to the, the, those beatdowns at the end of the day, they never made any sense to me because they, they always kind of blew their load at the beginning. Like, you know, the first guys to come down were always Macho Man and Hogan and the Giant and Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. But then like when the beatdown would commence, it'd be like, oh, my God, there's Vincent. Oh, my God, there's Stevie Ray. <laughs> There's, there's big Bubba Rogers. Oh, good God. Oh, good God. I mean, we're getting and, excited about these guys coming down to help out. Huh? And, yes. and, then, and then, of course, the WCW, you know, like Lex Luger and, and uh, man, I can't even think of some of the bit Like Lex Luger, you know, your Rey Mysterio, the Four Horsemen, you know, like those guys would be like the first guys down there. Be like, oh, my God, it's high voltage. Certainly high voltage will turn the turn tide for WCW. <laughs> There's Silver King, El Dandy, the Vianos. Oh my God! <laughs> Pure mayhem. There's a pinata in the ring. <laughs> There's a pinata helping out. Like, oh my God! <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean WCW was was pretty unmatched. I mean, for a while, and then NWO took it on, and then they had the WCW guys. There were just too many people going into the NWO, and then like I never understood. And I guess this is probably going to turn into a short, you know, a short excerpt of things that never made sense in wrestling. And we can have multiple hours of this. But what I didn't understand along the same lines of the NWO was why Macho Man was in it. I feel like Macho Man could have been clearly one of the top guys in WCW trying to beat down, you know, obviously the other top guy, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And when they, they did the mega powers, you know, just a mere seven years prior 
but uh, Randy Savage was a top guy still. And he was in the NWO, but he never really was in the NWO. It was always like, oh, Randy, Randy and Hawk, they're, they're not seeing eye to eye, or Randy's not seeing eye to eye with somebody. And I was like, so why is he in there? Why is he in the NWO? I, I, just, I never never understood that. I mean, there were a couple of different people who said it was basically like the, the, you know, it was like the cool kids. It was like, you know, the NWO was the cool guys and they were getting the most screen time. <laughs> exactly. They, 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 were, they were coming out every week, you know, coming out on top at the end of every week and, you know, spray painting everybody. So it's like, why wouldn't you want to be part of the NWO? You know, you just walked up to, you know, and of course, so many guys had creative control that they could go up to Bischoff and they'd be like, I want to join the NWO. And it's like, well, I can't stop you because you have creative control. So that's the problem. Creative control, damn it. 9,500 guys in the NWO, WCW guys, six. Yeah, you have Luger, Sting, Mysterio. Then you have like, I guess, Jericho. Finley, Travo Guerrero. <laughs> Malenko, Saturn, Sick Boy. Alex, Alex Wright, Disco Inferno. <laughs> Disco Inferno. Sar- Norman, Smi- Norman Smiley. Sar- Sergeant Craig Pittman. <laughs> the Gambler. <laughs> you, mean, you mean Brock Anderson? <laughs> he looks like Brock Anderson, damn it. I was watching. I was in the middle of watching that match before we got on here. Oof, Brock Anderson's a bit green. Just a bit. He's got he's to get more time with the power plant. He's more green than a freshly picked booger. <laughs> and with that, I think we're going to call this episode, put a little bow on it. And uh, it was a nice little bonus episode here. Sob stories. Uh, more to come uh, with, uh, with myself and Corey. We might add on some people, might add on our, our regular crew. Uh, but I, I kind of like this, Corey. I kind of like just like a one-on-one. Just kind of getting a, a, a sidebar with, um, with your wrestling knowledge. It's it's extensive. It doesn't just go to WWE. It goes to WCW, and even um, you remind me kind of like a Mike today because you know a lot about the uh, the high flyers and the lucha, the lucha libre wrestlers, like Silver King and La Parka and all them, and and things like that. So I remember why I remember watching wrestling with you all the time, and I was always I never stumped you. And don't forget, listeners out there, one of fun facts about Corey, one of his top guys, Mike Enos. Mike Enos, absolutely, Mike Enos. The the Mahler Mike Enos, definitely the one of the Mahler. one of the cool one of the coolest guys in WCW. Yep, don't forget that. All right, you want to go back and watch a Mike Enos match? Just get on, hey, fire up Peacock, and watch watch Mike Enos first hour of Nitro. You won't you won't go wrong. He's probably in the first hour of Thunder as well. You have right. you have any old Mike Enos merchandise sitting away in the attic, rotting away? Go ahead and send it my way. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would love to see any of that if there is even is merchandise, but. It's out there somewhere. So yeah, we'll be doing this again on the next episode of our main podcast, the 33 and a third percent. We're going to talk about finally our top five segment. Uh, the first thing we're going to talk about topic we're going to talk about is top five attires. So Corey, I want you to do your homework. My right, top five, you know, ring gear attires and come up with a good top five list for our next episode. I'm not even going to say next week because at this point, we're going by a day-by-day basis. We're flying by the seat of our pants. Here. Who knows where we're coming back? Come back in 2022, bitches. I don't know. You're <laughs> too tight. Well, yeah, we don't know when we're coming back. But on our next episode, we're talking about top five attires. And we have um, a SummerSlam best and worst show 
uh, coming up. It's going to be in August, folks, because I won't let it happen in September. All right? It's got to happen in the month of the pay-per-view in August. So, uh, but yeah, coming up in the uh, it's Money in the Bank coming up July 18th. So don't miss that. Some exciting things happening in in both both WWE uh, Raw and SmackDown. Um, AEW's happening to Corey and Tobin and Tony Chagrin. You know, Tony's on my side, but he doesn't like Kenny Omega. So I guess I'm the Lone Ranger on that one. But uh, but yeah, we'll have some episodes coming up and have a lot more content for you guys and get it out to you ASAP. So thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for getting onto our Twitter at 33 and a third pod. And then on our Instagram, 33 and a third podcast. For me, Mark Gazowski and Corey Smug, SOB Black. We wish you good luck and good night. Next week on the 33 to 30% podcast, we debut a new segment called the Top 5 Segment. It sounds original because it is original. We start off with Top 5 Attires. It's one of those niche things in wrestling that make the wrestler. What are they wearing? If they change tights, why? What's the reasoning? There's always those niche reasons why they changed their colors and why they picked what they picked, what they wear in the ring. And every week we come up with a new top five list and we need your help out there. Please hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. Our Twitter is 33 and a third pod and our Instagram is 33 and a third podcast. Give us some ideas and we will pick one every week, give you the props on air, and we will talk about our opinions on top five things that we know going on in wrestling. So please hit us up on Twitter and Instagram and give us some show topics and we will hit them up right here on the show and give you props again thank you for listening and we all appreciate the love and the support out there for our podcast so join us next week for the top five list right here on the 33 to third percent podcasts